0: once more. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word, and we thank you that it truly is the power, Lord, to have victory uh, over the enemy, to have victory in our lives. And we pray, Lord, that as we now sit uh, under your word and under the teaching of your spirit, we pray that it would be your spirit that would um, illuminate your word in our hearts, in our minds, and give us the power, Lord, to live it out in daily practice. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, on Halloween Day, October 31st, 1983, Korean Airlines Flight 007 departed Anchorage, Alaska for a direct flight to Seoul, Korea. Now, unknown to the crew on that day, as they took off and departed on a very routine flight, they didn't know that their computer, which was engaging their flight navigation system, had a very small error. A computing error, in fact, that deviated their flight path by 1.5 degrees. So, at the point of their departure, this mistake was entirely unnoticeable—only 1.5 degrees of difference. However, 100 miles out, the deviation was still so small they didn't pick up the error. But as the giant 747 continued. Through the Aleutian Mountains and then out over the Pacific Ocean, the plane strayed increasingly from its proper course. Eventually, still not detected by the pilots, they were flying over Soviet-Russian airspace. And remember, the year was 1983, the middle of the Cold War. Soviet radar picked up the foreign intruder over their prohibited airspace. They believed it to be an American spy plane and so Soviet fighter jets were scrambled to intercept. And finally, over mainland Russia, the jets shot Korean Flight 007 out of the sky, killing all 269 people aboard. All of that took place, all of that happened, because of being off course by only 1.5 degrees. Now, in a similar way, we as Christians need to watch the direction of our life and doctrine closely to make sure that we are not unwittingly drifting off course and into enemy territory. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes to the young pastor, Timothy. It's the very last verse in our passage this morning, but I want to start with the last verse because he says something very instructive to, I believe, not just pastors, young pastor like Timothy, but to every believer. He says to him, Verse 16, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I want to emphasize that phrase in there again. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. So why? Why do we need to watch these things closely? And then he says, why do we we need to persevere in them? That means not just one-time event, we're going to look at our doctrine, we're going to look at our life, but this is an ongoing thing. Persevere in watching your life and your doctrine closely. Why do we need to do that? Well, he gives the answer at the very end of that verse, because lives and eternal souls are at stake. Look what he says to him: If you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So this is a matter of eternal consequence. Think about flight 007. 1.5 degrees of deviation, 1.5 degrees of error, but multiplied over the long span of a flight path, that turned into hundreds of miles of difference, enemy territory, and eventually catastrophe. And it's the same way in doctrine. 1.5 degrees error initially doesn't seem like a big deal, but when it's multiplied and magnified over a lifetime, uncorrected, it can lead to large and devastating consequences. And this is why becoming firmly grounded in sound biblical doctrine as a mature Christian is as vitally important for you and I today in the 21st century church as it was in the 1st century church that Paul was writing to. Now, if we look at another one of Paul's letters to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse, verses 14 and 15. Ephesians four, fourteen and 15. It's our call to worship. The Apostle Paul wrote to those believers. He says to them, As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves, and tossed about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all specks into him who is the head, even Christ. So one of the key results of growing up into adulthood as a follower of Jesus Christ, growing into maturity, as Paul puts it, is that we will no longer be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. I like how the New Living Translation puts this in very plain language. It says, We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So we've entered a new series, if you hadn't noticed yet. As I said earlier, we're not in Joshua anymore. The new series I've entitled Every Wind of Doctrine, taken from this passage in Ephesians. To not be tossed about by every wind of doctrine, every new teaching that comes our way. And the goal of this series is the aim of helping each of us grow into maturity so that we will not be influenced, tricked, or deceived by false doctrines. We won't be influenced or deceived by those teachers who sound so clever and speak so well that it sounds like the truth. For make no mistake about it, we live in a world today where there's a lot of clever lies and there's a lot of clever liars as well. The Lord Jesus warned his disciples as well of these things to come. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 16, he told them, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So here Jesus says something important. Watch out for false prophets, false teachers. They're coming, if not already here. And the way to identify them is look at the fruit of their lives. Are, are, they, are they consistent in their lives and in their teaching? Look at the outcome. So we're living in a time where simply from population on the earth, you know, we're, we're over 7 billion people on planet earth, so it's very easy to say that we're living in an, in an age where there are more false prophets and false teachers than ever before in history. And the fruit of some of them is rather obvious. For instance... When a televangelist is telling you, send me money so I can buy my fourth private jet for the modest price tag of $54 million, (laughs) does that sound like something that you should be falling for? Like, oh yeah, this guy needs a fourth private jet. You know, the first one wasn't good enough. The second one, ah, the interior is not that great. I need, you know, no, the third one wasn't, I need a fourth one. This is the one that's really going to get me around in style. You know, it begs the obvious question, what's he really in it for? Jesus said, examine them by their fruit. Let's just say there's no grapes on that thorn bush. And yes, we're going to focus uh, more on the prosperity gospel in a future message. There are more people than ever before, as I said, but that also comes along with modern technology we have more mass communication than ever before. In in times past, you know, when we didn't have all these modern technological innovations like satellite, of course, the internet changed everything, smartphones to access the internet, you know, at any given moment, like right now. Uh, We didn't have those things. Teachers, their teaching would take a long time to build credibility and to circulate because you would do it the old-fashioned way, word of mouth or with the written word letters, books, but it took time. Today, that's erased. It doesn't take time anymore. With just a few clicks, a few touches of your screen, we can access almost any teacher's content on the entire planet in a matter of minutes. So in our accessing of the vast amounts of content on the internet, I hope you already know that you shouldn't believe everything that you read, watch, or here on the internet. If you do, you're going to be a very confused person. Because if you believe everything you read and hear and watch on the internet, you're going to have so many different contradicting beliefs, your head is going to be spinning. Yes, it is an absolutely fantastic conduit for information. You know, it's, it's breathtaking to think of what we can all access in a matter of minutes. But it also comes along with a whole lot of garbage that we have to be very cautious and discerning with. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 4 to 5, Jesus again, speaking to his disciples, said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And so remember, not everyone who comes in the name of Christ is from Christ. Jesus warned us, there's going to be many who come in my name, but they're coming to deceive So watch out. Be discerning. Just because someone comes bearing the name Christ doesn't mean they're from Christ or in agreement with the sound teaching of Christ. So it begs the question, how do we then watch out that no one deceives us? How do we grow to the point of not being tossed about by every wind of doctrine? Well, the Apostle Paul gives Timothy and us some clear instructions. And let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, we read this. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. The Spirit clearly says. I want to emphasize that, underline it for you. The Spirit clearly says. So how did Paul know this information? Well, the Spirit had told him. The Spirit had clearly said to him, Begs the next question. How exactly did the Spirit speak to Paul? How did the Spirit convey this message to Paul that in later times some would abandon the faith and and follow deceiving spirits? How exactly does this happen? Well, we don't know. We don't know exactly because Paul doesn't tell us. But one thing we do know from what Paul tells us is that whether the spirit spoke to him in an audible voice, whether he spoke to him through a vision or, or a dream or some other manner however the spirit spoke to paul with this message paul says it was clear it was clear it wasn't just some vague feeling that he had you know it wasn't just some gut instinct that you know he had some funny chicken for dinner and it was you know making some indigestion and he had this hunch that you know this means that someday people are going to abandon it wasn't that it was clear it wasn't some random thought in his head either Paul had complete confidence as he wrote this letter to Timothy that the Spirit had clearly revealed this to him. We gain some insight from the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, describing how the Holy Spirit directs the process of having the Scriptures recorded as he spoke through the prophets. Peter wrote, verse 20, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture Came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For the prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, as we consider this, one fact that we just need to fix firmly in our minds is this The Bible is a finished work. It's, it's finished, it's done, it's complete. The Holy Spirit does not have more books to add to the Bible. He doesn't have more revelation that needs to be given to complete this work or or this process. It is a finished work. He's not going to go back and revise it either. There's not mistakes that he needs to go and correct. It is complete, lacking nothing. Within its pages, God has given us everything we need to understand the origin of sin, how each one of us are sinners the consequences of sin, then it reveals to us clearly how to receive God's mercy and salvation, to have that sin dealt with, forgiven, how we can enter into fellowship with God through Christ, and then to live out that Christian life empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's all there in a complete package. Now, of course, As any of us know, and especially even as we're going through Establish 101 in our adult Sunday school, there are always going to be subjects or areas where we wish there was just a little bit more detail. You know, we wish there was just a little bit more to fill in some of our our blanks of information on certain subjects or stories that would just satisfy our curiosity. I'm a curious person, and I would love to have more details on certain things. But the bottom line is that God, in his infinite wisdom... He knows what we need, and he has given us everything that is essential. So, of course, there's always more information that we could be given, but he has given us what is essential. He has given us what we need from his infinite wisdom. He knows what that is. And so he has given us one cohesive message in its entirety. And so we must look at God's word in its entirety. We need to focus upon it. And this means teaching that cherry-picks one or two verses here or there from the Bible and then uses it to sort of build a whole framework of teaching out of just one or two cherry-picked ideas often taken out of context, that's something we also need to watch out for. This is not just a pick book that we can just, you know, pick our favorite verse and then make our own private interpretations out of it. That's not how God has designed it to work. Even the prophets themselves, it underlines... The prophecy of Scripture came about not by the private interpretation of the prophet. This was from God. This was not just something that one person can make up or twist what they want it to say to their own ideas. And so we need to look closely at what the Spirit has revealed through his written word. It is complete, lacking nothing. Secondly, we need to watch out for teaching that causes people to reject sound doctrine... Because rejecting sound doctrine can ultimately lead to abandoning the true faith. Verse 1, I'll read it again. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now that is shocking, isn't it? Doesn't it just kind of get you that we're not just following ideas of men. No, these are, these are ideas of demons. Demons. These are ideas coming from a very evil source. And now as we read this, it's hard to believe or think of anyone leaving the faith, the true faith in Christ, to follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. It's shocking. It seems far-fetched and and terrifying. But it's not that far-fetched. Yes, it's terrifying, but it's not far-fetched. You know, it's been over 1900 years since the Apostle Paul wrote this. And so I think it's safe to say that we are living in the later times that he was referring to. The Spirit says that in later times, this is going to happen. 1900 years, I think, qualifies as later times. And this isn't far-fetched. Lately, in, in the evangelical circles of Christianity, of which we would include ourselves in, we, you know, I think for a long time have considered ourselves, you know, people of the book, rightfully so, You know, we're we're the holders of the true, pure gospel. And yet, even within evangelical circles, all kinds of teaching has been sneaking its way in. Eastern mystic teachings have been sneaking their way in to mainstream evangelical circles. And if you don't really know what I'm getting at, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but if you watch any preacher or so-called Christian author who likes appearing on the Oprah Winfrey show then you have a good idea where to start. It's that kind of teaching that is really sneaking its way into mainstream Christian circles, incorporating all kinds of of elevating of the human person over ourselves, over God, putting our feelings, our needs ahead of our creators, incorporating all sorts of things that just don't fit with Scripture. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9, speaking to this, The author writes, Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Many people have. It happened back then, it's happening today. Carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. You know, some years ago, I spoke with one of the local leaders here in Killarney in the Jehovah's Witnesses Kingdom Hall. He, of course, knocked on my door. I didn't knock on his but uh, we ended up having a, a fairly lengthy conversation, and I will say at the outset, extremely nice, kind, generous gentleman. But sadly, he is deceived. And he shared with me a little bit of his story, and he shared with me that as a teenager, he had been introduced to Christianity at an evangelical church. But then as he had come to initial faith, he had questions about the triune nature of God, the Trinity. And so he had gone to his youth pastor, or his youth leader, to ask him sort of to explain it to him, and and he simply hadn't been able to. The youth leader hadn't really been able to answer his questions at all, and had kind of tripped around with some very vague answers. And so this hadn't satisfied him, and at the same time, he had a Jehovah's Witness friend who then had all the answers just down like so. And that just seemed so compelling to him. It made sense. And so he liked the answers the Jehovah's Witness friend gave him. And soon he was going to the Kingdom Hall and soon became a member. Now you've probably had some Jehovah's Witnesses knock on your door. And so you need to know maybe one of the most important key pieces of doctrine that they hold to that is completely contrary to Scripture is this. They believe that Jesus was not God in the flesh. Jesus was not God in the flesh, but was only a perfect man. And they not only reject that Jesus is divine, but in fact, this really threw me for a loop, but I recently learned that they believe that Jesus and the archangel Michael are one in the same. So, a created being, not God. So to them, Jesus was created By God, but is not God, he is not divine. And we can look at a whole raft of scriptures to show that that is false. But this is exactly, I give that as an example of what being carried away by all kinds of strange teaching can look like in reality. Because for this man, one teaching led him down the wrong path. And remember, these deceptions are not just coming from men, they're not man made ideas. They are inspired from demonic sources. Paul says that. And remember, Satan is an expert. He's an expert in surrounding the smallest speck of cyanide with a spoonful of honey. That honey looks good, it smells good, it tastes good. And when it goes down smooth, in the end, it is deception and it is death. And so we need to watch out for these kinds of, these kinds of false doctrines. Thirdly, we need to watch out for teaching that elevates and glorifies the teacher rather than Christ. 1 Timothy 4, verse 2, he continues, Such teachings come through hypocritical liars, whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Here's an extreme example, but it's true. It seems far-fetched, but this is true. A man by the name of José Luis de Jesús Miranda... That's a mouthful. He is the late founder of Growing in Grace International Ministry, a movement teaching the doctrine of grace. It's based in Miami, Florida, and from the name alone, it sounds solid, right? The doctrine of grace. We all need grace, amazing grace. We sang about God's grace this morning. We love it. We need it. Sounds solid, right? Well, there's one problem with the ministry. It's got a solid name, but Miranda claimed to be both Jesus Christ returned in the flesh and the Antichrist. Go figure. That one really got me. He wanted to be Jesus Christ returned in the flesh and the Antichrist, and for some reason he had triple six tattooed to his forearm and all sorts of bizarre theories to explain how this was he referred to himself as Jesus Cristo Hombre, which Spanish roughly translates to the man Christ Jesus. Following his death in 2013, his followers granted him the title of Melchizedek because he attained his new and final name, which means King of Justice and King of Peace. Now, you hear something outlandish like that, and of course you'd say, well, what? who's going to fall for that? Who's going to fall for a preacher claiming to be Christ and the Antichrist in the same body? But remember, Satan's original sin of pride, which caused him to think that he could take the place of God, is still alive and well in our world, and sadly, behind many pulpits. Our celebrity culture likes to turn some well-known preachers into larger-than-life celebrities, Now, in some cases, it's unavoidable. God gives a larger platform, a larger ministry, and some celebrity will go along with that. But we need to watch out for elevating men above Christ. One famous preacher from a previous generation had the name Henry Ward Beecher. A great revival preacher led many people to the Lord. And he was known for uh, uh, having people travel great distances to hear his dynamic preaching. But one Sunday, he was, he was slated to preach. People had come from all around to hear him, but he wasn't feeling well. He had no energy. He had no voice. And so his brother, who was also a preacher, albeit far less dynamic, far less known than his brother, volunteered, I will fill the pulpit for you this morning. And so this large audience had assembled to hear the great Reverend Beecher. But when his brother stepped into the pulpit, explained that he was filling in for his brother that morning, a murmur went through the audience, and in fact several disappointed listeners stood up and began to head for the exits. Seeing them head for the exits, Beecher's brother firmly said, All who have come here today to worship Henry Ward Beecher, please leave. But all who have come to worship God, remain seated. Just so we're clear, Yes, we are called to honor and pray for those who teach God's word to us. But I can't save you. I can't save you. No preacher can save you. Henry Ward Beecher couldn't save anyone. Billy Graham couldn't save anyone. And the Apostle Paul included. He could not save anyone. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit can forgive us our sins, save our souls from a destiny in hell, transform our lives, and take us to heaven for eternity. Yes, the preacher is God's messenger, but remember, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. He is the Lord. Let's focus our worship on Him. Let us teach in a way that elevates Him, Because he alone is worthy of our worship, our praise, our everything. Let's not elevate the teacher over the Lord. So watch out for teaching that does that. Because quite often, when that is rooted in the teaching, where where it's about elevating the teacher rather than Jesus, there's a root of pride in there, which Satan can use and twist to focus on the messenger rather than the message. So we need to watch out for that. Number four, watch out for teaching that adds anything to the Word of God. Verse 3. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. And so here Paul is going to talk about the false teachers of his day, the ones that Timothy needed to be watching out for. And what they were doing, Paul highlights some of the things they were doing. They were adding extra rules to the pure gospel of salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. They were adding to it. They were telling people that they had to abstain from marrying. Marrying is bad. And they were also adding certain foods are bad. Abstain from certain foods. Probably they were holding to Jewish um, dietary laws. And they were probably adding this on top of the pure gospel. And so what they were teaching was that you need Jesus plus plus, plus, right? So they were saying, you need Jesus, plus abstaining from marriage, plus keeping the Jewish dietary laws. Now, as Paul taught elsewhere, it may well be God's will for specific people to remain single for the sake of being solely devoted to God's work. Paul said he himself chose to remain single so that he could give himself wholly to the work of God. God will call some people to that. And yes, it may well be best for some people to abstain from certain foods, especially if it violates your conscience. Paul teaches on that elsewhere. But here, to command that everyone needs to abstain from these things is just flat-out false and wrong. It's not true. It's not correct. You are adding to the gospel. Under the new covenant written under Jesus, We may eat whatever we want as long as we receive it with thanksgiving, Paul writes. And we may marry so long as it's to another believer and under God's design of it being between one man and one woman in a lifelong committed relationship. You see, adding anything to the pure gospel, adding anything at all, is legalism, and it's wrong. It's just flat-out wrong. Salvation is found in Jesus alone not Jesus plus anything. If it's Jesus plus my good works, I'm lost. I can't do it. I can't add anything to what Jesus has already done because it's finished, it's complete. We cannot add anything to him or to his word. In Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19, the very last book of the Bible in one of the closing statements, this stark warning is given. There, through Revelation, the Apostle John writes, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. And so here we see this stark warning that adding to or subtracting anything from God's written word, anything from his prophecies, which he has laid out for us in the Bible, to add or subtract is serious, serious business with eternal consequences. And so anytime you hear teaching that is adding something that isn't clearly stated in Scripture, that should immediately send up just a little red warning flag. Anytime you hear anything that's saying, you know, this needs to be added in addition to, just send up a little red warning flag and just say to yourself something internally or write it down even, before I accept this teaching as true, I'm going to go back and I'm going to check out that teaching against Scripture. Don't just blindly accept something just because a teacher says it, a preacher says it, or because I say it. If it's it's new, go back, check it against Scripture. You know, because today I I hear and I read many different preachers and teachers saying glibly things like, you know, God told me this, and God gave me this revelation, and God showed me this picture. And then with little or no scriptural support, they will then proceed to teach and act as though their personal revelations are equal to and have as much weight and authority as God's written word. Let me just give you an, uh, an example. It's another extreme example, but examples in the extreme usually make the point. That same televangelist I mentioned earlier who was making his pitch for why the Lord wanted him to purchase his fourth private jet. I was watching this on, on <laughs> the internet. I couldn't help it. I was doing some research and I went down the rabbit hole a little bit. And so I was watching his, his whole pitch and he looks straight into the camera and he says, you know what? God is telling me right now, right now, that someone out there watching this needs to give big. I mean big. It's going to hurt. But listen, when you do, God is going to bless you with that big home you've been dreaming on. Wow. God just told him that. And I'm sitting there watching, thinking, Oh, that's good. I'm going to give big. And God <laughs> is going to bless me with that home I've been dreaming on. You know, and I'm just watching I'm thinking did God really just tell him that? Did God really just reveal that to him? Or was that just his own greed for another private jet talking? You know, if you really want to find out, the old saying goes, there's a sucker born every minute. So if you really want that big home, go check it out. You know, just because says, someone says something that sounds good doesn't mean it's true. There's another story that It's told from election time, and I know we're in it, so take this for what it's it's worth. Election time, and a politician decided he was going to go out to the local reservation and try to get the Native American vote. This took place in the United States. And they were all assembled in the the tribal council hall to hear the speech. And the politician, he had worked up to his big finish, and the crowd was getting more and more excited. You can tell there was a buzz in the audience And he let out his final big promises that he was going to get him elected. He says, I promise better education opportunity for Native Americans. And the crowd began to really get into it, shouting, Hoya! And the politician was a bit puzzled by this Native word, but he was encouraged by the enthusiasm behind it. So he kept going, I promise more social reforms and job opportunities for Native Americans. And now they were really getting into it, shouting, Hoya! 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 And after the speech, the politician was touring the reservation and he saw a herd of cattle. He was raised on a ranch and he knew a little bit about cattle and so he asked the chief if he could get a closer look at the cattle and the chief looked at him and said, sure, just be careful when you walk out there not to step in the Hoya. (laughs) Now, it's very easy, sometimes too easy, to single out politicians in this category for lies or, pardon me, mistruths, as they prefer to call them. But today, we're not talking about what's outside of the church, but of what is happening and being taught inside of the church under the banner of Christ. And so we must examine all new teaching and doctrine according to Scripture, And that is exactly what a little group of Berean Jews did when Paul first came to town, teaching them about Jesus. These were faithful, God-fearing Jews who were practicing the Jewish faith under the law of Moses as they had been taught. They hadn't heard about Jesus yet. Paul comes into town, and he begins teaching Jesus and, of course, explaining how Jesus is a fulfillment of the law of Moses. And in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says this about this little-known group. And it says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. This is what they're, they're acknowledged for. The, the one verse that talks about the Berean Jews, they're, they're being acknowledged and praised for their eagerness And the fact that they every day examined the scriptures to see if what Paul was saying was true. You see, just because someone says something that sounds good doesn't mean it's true. And we need to be cautious and exercise a healthy discernment anytime someone claims to have a word from God that is not clearly stated in scriptures. The Bereans didn't just take Paul's word for it because he said, God told me so. They diligently examined the scriptures, and of course for them that was the Old Testament, to see if what Paul was teaching was true. Did it align with scripture? Was it consistent with scripture? And only once they saw that Paul's teaching was clearly aligned with scripture, they believed and they put their faith in Christ. Now again, just to be clear, yes, I believe that the Holy Spirit can and does speak to us individually, And I know he has spoken to me at specific points in my life or I wouldn't be up here. But in each of those moments, it was very clear that he had spoken to me. And he also confirmed it to me by when I searched in his written word to see if what I had heard was in agreement with what God has already revealed in Scripture. Or was this just something coming from myself? Even when we're, we're certain that God has revealed something to us that is, we're sure this is true. Check scripture. Make sure it lines up. This isn't just something coming from yourself. And even once it's confirmed, remember, it's only God's written word that holds all authority. Everything must be grounded in it. And so when a preacher or anyone for that matter says, God told me, and then proceeds to talk as though it's the same as the written word, we need to proceed cautiously And with great discernment, just as the Bereans did. So, to recap, we need to listen closely to what the Holy Spirit has said through his written word. We need to watch out for any teaching that causes people to reject sound doctrine because it leads to abandoning the faith. We need to watch out for teaching that elevates and glorifies the teacher rather than Christ. We need to watch out for teaching that adds anything to the word of God and the pure gospel. And finally, we need to examine all new teaching and doctrine according to Scripture, just as the Bereans did. And as we do, God will lead us in truth and build up our faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word again. We pray greater discernment in these times, Lord, where there is so much teaching coming at us from many angles. Give us discernment. Help us to be firm in your word. Help us to be like the Bereans who diligently searched out your word, not as a one-time event, but daily. And so I pray, Lord, we would daily seek your word. We would daily meditate upon it. We would search out things that we hear that don't sound quite right, or even if it maybe sounds right, to still evaluate it under the light of your word. Guide us in this process, Lord, in these times, so that we could grow to maturity, not tossed to and fro by every wind of new doctrine. Bless us to this end, Lord, as we hold to the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. It is in you and you alone that our faith is founded. You and you alone can save us, and it is you and you alone that we worship, that we serve, and that we follow. In your name we pray. Amen. At this time, I would invite those who have consented to helping serve communion this morning, please come to the front, and we will prepare to share in the Lord's Supper.